0: Hi there it is eric erickson here the phone number if you want to be on the program 877-97 eric eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five uh we like to spend time on the calls on friday because we're in the noon to three slot It's what rush did so we like to as well it's friday so you can call in we're a little more loose with the phones uh let you get through if you can make it through the call screener some of you cannot I am going to go now to the phones. John in Florida has been waiting for a while. John, welcome. Thank you. What's going on, John. Uh, a few days ago, you gave us a
1: semi gentle triad about the country being divided, couldn't get anything done and we couldn't get to do things for the future. What exactly do you want to do for the future? Uh, Right now, it it appears that the Biden administration is just blasting forward with their concept of the future. Uh, Trump's concept was somewhat regressive, but positive. Uh, What are your
0: ideas about the future? Oh, that's a great question. What Um, what, what, What do you want to see the government do for the future is really the question. Yeah, what I would like to see the federal government do for the future, frankly, is nothing. Uh, let the states Thank you. and local <laughs> governments do it. Yeah, uh, I think that the federal government can't get the small things done well. And if they can't get the small things done well, they're certainly not going to do the big things well. I was actually talking to a man yesterday who is in uh, the military, in the Air Force, and said in uh, at his air base, they have one working plane right now and they're divided over how to use it and it's a a very old plane and they they could bring in new stuff but the commanders are divided as to what that new stuff should be and therefore they can't get it and they're stuck with this one working plane uh with the the government can't keep our border secure they can't keep our military ahead of china they can't deliver the mail on time and they're not keeping us safe abroad uh the houthi rebels stormed into the yemeni embassy yesterday and dragged out all the non-american employees Uh, If the government can't get those very basic tasks of government and its rights, I don't want them to do anything else until they get those things right. Uh, What they should do is embrace federalism and allow the states and local communities of this nation uh, to do the things that the public needs while they figure out how to get the federal house in order, if that makes sense to you.
1: Well, it does, but are you talking about, the government totally or just the biden administration because it, it appears to me that we were on uh, the right direction with trump and this whole thing now has been uh, for lack of a better word bastardized
0: yeah you know it, the, the trump administration was actually looking at the at the things they're supposed to do right and trying to get them done uh so the trump administration was strengthening our hand abroad despite what the media narrative is Uh, They pulled us out of the climate accord. They blew up uh, Qasami or whatever his name is from Iran and destabilized the Iranian intelligence regime. They backed Saudi Arabia against the Houthi rebels. Uh, They were combating and pushing hard against China in ways this administration wasn't doing. And they were devoting uh, a lot of resources to revitalizing and building up our military to keep it competitive against China. This administration came in and undid all of those gains. So we need to go back to what we were doing. Uh, now, you're down in Florida. Uh, there, I see a big article today, at Vanity Fair of the left is trying to divide DeSantis from, from Trump, hoping that Trump sabotages DeSantis moving forward. I suspect the media yeah. doesn't want DeSantis to run in 2024, and I suspect that uh, he would do a way better job than Biden on these things. I, I'm
1: sure he would. I mean, we're almost at a point where just about anybody uh, could do better than Biden as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but DeSantis will be uh, a factor in the 2024 election. I have no doubt of that. None right. at all. It's very obvious that he's setting himself up for that, along with others, of course.
0: Right. Yeah, that that one's going to be interesting. But, hey, before he gets there, uh, you 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 are in my prayers and have my sympathy that you're going to have to be subjected to another Charlie Chris campaign.
1: No, no, the prayers are fine, but votes are better.
0: (laughs) John, have a great weekend. It's good to hear from you. You too. Thank you very much for taking my call. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Votes will be better there. My goodness. Charlie, Chris, that guy is, is. What an abomination. 87797 Eric 8779737425 Josh you're going to be next. Welcome to the program.
1: Uh yeah, well, I wanted to ask you about the uh silver, you know, and and how it may be a good thing compared to the uh weak dollar because of the, you know, uh great reset and the world economic forum and with their uh, you know, wanting to take down all the different world economies and have a new reset to this uh, new system they want with digital, you know, and they ran a uh, pandemic, you know, a 201, event 201, where Mm -hmm. uh, they uh, sat there and, you know, had a uh, pandemic preparation, you know, getting them prepared for the possibility. What happens a couple weeks later? The the, uh, coronavirus, you know, it actually hits Hong Kong, had to get control of the riots out there. Well, let
0: let me stop you there because I I don't actually think that the, uh, coronavirus was an intentional, willful thing to reset the world. Um, I kind of think that's cuckoo for Cocoa puffs talk, uh, not legitimate. Uh, if you string enough things together, you can certainly get the picture. Um, you, you can, you can, you can paint the picture the way you wish to paint the picture. Uh, and sometimes you paint it in conspiratorial ways when there is none. That being said, uh, let me talk about gold and silver. Cause first of all, you need to know, uh, if it just, just let, us follow Josh's logic out that you need to get into gold and silver, uh, because these governments are trying to reset the global economy and force you into things. Well, if so, they can ban The use of gold is over. We in the United States at one point during World War II banned the use of gold and it banned the ownership of gold. So be real careful going down these roads of thinking that. Now, I I, I will tell you something. Uh, If you listen to this program, you will note that I do not do endorsements for gold. And I have a reason for doing so. And when that reason changes, you will know, but I have turned down multiple offers to do advertisements for gold. Now they may come on the program, but you will not hear me do the endorsements. I don't mind if advertisers want to advertise gold and silver. I, I don't mind. It's, a, it's your choice to put your money there. I don't want to be seen as advocating it because I, I, I have some thoughts on it. I don't think that gold is an investment. It is an asset And you're buying it because you hope it will appreciate uh with investments you're hoping that those investments uh produce a dividend or yield or or growth as a company business or other opportunity expands and grows gold is a stagnant thing you hold on to it is it is an asset yes but it's not an asset that produces you income it's not an asset that produces growth it is an asset that really doesn't grow You hope it appreciates over the long term. And what gold does is that uh, when there is inflation in the economy, as the value of the dollar goes down, the purchasing power of a dollar goes down, then the value of gold goes up. It appreciates. But as the value of a dollar returns to normal, then the gold depreciates. And if you look at the price of gold over the last 100 years, The only time gold ever really appreciates in value is during inflationary events. And if you're buying gold now, you're buying it too late. Uh Uh-huh. You're you're buying it in hindsight, essentially. Now, some people like to hold on to gold during times of market volatility, and I get that, and that's legitimate. And if I get to the point where I've got uh, a lot of money I will probably buy some gold, and I wouldn't mind at that point doing an endorsement for gold and explaining it to you. It's not really a hedge against inflation. Uh, It is a hedge against the depreciation of the dollar, which is an inflationary event. The problem is that uh, gold begins that before you see the inflation. And then by the time you recognize the inflation, it's too late. Uh, The appreciation of gold has happened. And when the dollar begins to then deflate again, uh, it's too late the value of gold has gone down. It, it, it's an asset that appreciates and depreciates. It's not actually an asset that produces any sort of growth. Uh, so that's my concern. That's why you don't hear me doing gold ads. Uh, I do advertisements for Omaha Steaks, for example, uh, for Patriot Mobile, for Eden Pure, because I actually believe in the advertisers and the products, uh, and I think they're worthwhile. There are others out there that I do on my local station in Atlanta, and my view of advertising is that I should actually believe in the product, the service, the business, um, so, for example, I advertise for a roofing company because it is the roofing company that I chose to use because that roofing company uh, is going to be around for a very long time when most roofers go out of business after five years. Uh, and i i I firmly believe that I should not just do an advertisement for anybody. Now, you'd be amazed that the 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 pressure out there in radio right now because of the margins and revenue in radio. Uh, the the pressure to just take any ad uh, just comes there there's a there's a product. I'm not gonna name the product because I know they advertise on pretty much every station I'm on, but there was a product where I felt like I was being bullied into advertising for the product. and I really resented feeling like I had to do it uh, for for the financial well-being of anybody. And I refused because I don't believe in the product. I don't think it's a good product. And I try to be as honest and open with you guys about the products that I do and do not do, which is one reason I, again, I just, I understand I've got a lot of friends who believe in buying gold. I'm not opposed to you buying gold. If it is right for your investment portfolio, buy gold. I, it's not right for me at this moment in my life. And for most people in my peer group in your 30s and 40s, I don't think it's right for you either. And so I'm not going to encourage you to buy a product that I myself don't think is right for me or for most people in my age group. Um, And that's just it. Your mileage may vary. Now that leads me to crypto. What about crypto? I don't believe crypto is a currency. I know there are some people who have like Bitcoin ATMs and stuff like that, but you, if you're listening, you probably don't understand Cryptocurrency, most of you, some of you do. Listen, if you're emailing me, say, Oh, I understand it. You're the exception. Know when you're in the minority, even when you think you're right, buddy. I get it. I got friends of mine who are into crypto. I've owned some Bitcoin. I've owned some Ethereum. I still own some Ethereum, but it's not really an investment per se. Some people are treating it as a hedge against inflation. Um, it is something that a lot of people don't understand. And a lot of people are dumping money into because really rich people who they respect and admire are doing so. Uh, it is not an investment. It is a follower scheme. It is a follower scheme. It is like a, a multi-level marketing scheme for a lot of people. And I know this is going to offend some of you. And I know I got some, some crypto traders who are listening right now because they send me emails all the time. And that's fine. You know what you're doing, so do it. But most people don't. And then stop calling it a currency. You cannot easily convert it to go buy something at McDonald's. When you can use Bitcoin at McDonald's, I will treat it as a currency. Until then, I treat it as an investment scheme that some people understand and they profit because a lot of people don't understand it, but hear about it and think it's cool and get into it. Uh, It has the potential for real legitimacy. I just don't think it's there yet. And I think it is a very risky bet. And unfortunately, we're about to have a financial crisis in this country because there are a great many 20-somethings who are cashing out their student loans and other money, and they're buying crypto and think they're going to make a lot of money off of because other people in the past have. And I'm afraid they're going to get wiped out financially. You know, the rule of thumb still remains. Buy index funds or buy stocks or mutual funds and hold them for a very long time as they appreciate in value. And then when you get to retirement, cash out, if you're wheeling and dealing on a daily basis, day trading, you're just gambling. That's not investing. That's gambling. And if you want to go for it, I don't care. Just don't expect me to bail you out with my taxpayer dollars. If you get wiped out, that's the problem here. Too many people do this and then want the rest of us to bail them out. No, you go, you go invest your money or gamble with your money. However, you see fit. I'm never. I, I don't really gamble. I go to Vegas a lot. I don't gamble, except I discovered I like craps. It's the only game in the casino where the odds are in your favor if you bet conservatively, and very few people do, which is why they leave the game. In, but if you want to gamble, gamble. Just don't expect me and the rest of the taxpayers, if you get wiped out, to bail you out. And unfortunately, too many people in Washington want to bail out the people who've made bad decisions. And that is why I am a conservative among many other reasons, because I don't want to bail out the people who made the bad decisions. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877 eric 877 You want to put the Democrats' problems in perspective? We kind of ran out with caller's time on the Republican run. We'll get to them, though, I promise. But listen to this. CNN, of all things, put this together.
1: As our economy has come roaring back, We've seen some price increases. Some folks have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation. But that's not our view. These disruptions are temporary. There's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. No serious economist. No. That's the problem is when you say something like that and then months later the problem persists. You seem out of touch or not on top of something.
0: Yes, well done. Um, that is the problem that they have. You know, they, they they are still saying that it's transitory, that the inflation issue is transitory. They're saying it. The problem is that now they're starting to say, well, it is it is transitory, but it may last through November of next year. Beef prices are up 30% in a month in most parts of the country. That's absurd. So for every dollar, 33 more cents in the last month for bets, you. Know, this is starting to have a real impact on the poor. And you know what the Democrat solution is, is to dump more money out there for the poor. That's going to cause more inflation. They, they, they're just, they're tying themselves in knots over trying to spin their way out of this problem. They can't spin their way out of the problem. And this is why the Democrats have a real problem right now is because their solution tends to be spend our way out of the problem. And the voters will reelect us. They can't spend their way out of this problem without making the problem worse. They're trying to claim that their Build Back Better plan will be paid for, that it won't cost anything. But it will actually cost because of the way they wish to do deductions and tax increases. Uh, Their tax increases will technically be on corporations. But really, we all know, and they know, that a lot of those taxes won't actually be imposed some of them might be ruled unconstitutional the way they're going and a lot of people will find a way around those taxes so if the money gets out there it drives up the debt and deficit it doesn't get paid back and he overheats the economy there is only one thing at this point giving the democrats some breathing room and that is the republicans are screwing things up in new hampshire chris sununu the very popular governor there is not going to run for office The Republicans were really hoping Chris Sununu would run for the U.S. Senate. He likes being governor, and he's going to stay. That creates a recruiting problem for the GOP. In Georgia, the Republicans are coming to terms with Herschel Walker being the dominant force in that race. Uh, They're deeply worried about the attacks the Democrats will do on Herschel Walker's past that has been glossed over by the GOP. There's some really bad stuff there, and they're hoping that Walker gets this stuff out quickly. Uh, so that they can say in the general election, it's old news, but they're worried about it in Pennsylvania. Uh, their candidate there that, that Donald Trump is supporting. he's uh, what's uh, Sean Parnell. He's got issues with his ex-wife and all of that dirt is starting to come out now. And, and the Republicans are worried about the opportunities there. And now Dr. Oz, what a freak show this is turning into. I I do not like that, that man, Dr. Oz. I, I do not like him, Sam. I am and uh, the Republicans would be nuts to nominate him, but he wants to be the Republican. In Wisconsin, Ron Johnson's turned into angry old crazy man, and he can't decide whether he stayed or he's going. In Ohio, you got J.D. Vance and Josh Mandel screaming at each other so much the GOP is afraid that they're going to overshadow and distract from all the good candidates, and those two are going to drag down the whole ticket. And then in Arizona, you got the same thing happening there. Peter Thiel is uh, funding a bunch of candidates, including J.D. Vance and Blake Masterson in uh, Arizona. The GOP is beside itself with how crazy the recruiting field is getting. You can get my bacon-wrapped jalapeno recipe if you text RECIPE to 33777. I'll send you back a link, and you can put your email address in for all the good recipes, because it's what I do. I'm fat and like to eat. Might as well share the wealth. (laughs) The phone number here is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425, across the nation. Joining me is the person who single-handedly convinced me I needed an Instant Pot, and that's not actually why she's calling, but I should point that out just just for her. Uh, Bethany Mandel joins me. How are you? Bethany?
2: Can you hear me?
0: Can you hear me? I can hear you now.
2: Oh, there we go. That's my claim to fame. I convinced you to get an Instant Pot.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and and probably half of like conservative social media at that.
2: <laughs> probably, honestly. That that used to be my, my wheelhouse. Not as much okay. anymore.
0: Well, so your wheelhouse now are, are the Heroes of Liberty books. And I've been looking at these. And, and before I actually get directly into these, I want to talk to you about something you put up on, on social media the other day. Because I've noticed this. So many kids' books these days seem to be direct progressive advocacy, and I'm I'm kind of horrified when I go to my local bookstore and see the stuff they're trying to push on kids and their parents these days. So much of it is agenda-driven.
2: Yeah, and that's exactly why I was, like, really drawn to Heroes of Liberty when they first approached me because there's such a need in the children's book market for an alternative. Um, here are some... Sample titles of books that you can find in your local school library, in your local library, and in your kids' classrooms. Uh, Swish, 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 Go the Drag Queen's Hips. That's one. Race Cars, a book about white privilege for children. Um, a, a, a children's biography of RuPaul. Uh, these, are, these are the books that they're, they're putting in front of our kids' faces. And with Heroes of Liberty, we decided we're going to do the exact opposite. We're going to show kids role models of people that we actually want them to be like. Um, Ronald Reagan, Thomas Sowell, and Amy Coney Barrett are the first three. And uh, Eric, you'll like this. One of the future ones is Rush Limbaugh.
0: Fantastic. That one I look forward to seeing or forward to reading. Now, one of the things you guys are doing with Heroes of Liberty books as well, looking at them, is these are not like short, simple and, um, uh, sentences, and they're actually books for kids to actually read as opposed to, to skim with big words and, and uh, one-syllable words.
2: Yeah, and that's, that's something I really love, too. I'm, I'm a big believer in not dumbing literature down for kids. If you read books that were written for kids 50 years ago, I'm thinking about Peter Pan. I don't know if you've read Peter Pan in the original, mm-hmm. It's tough. Anne of Green Gables, I'm reading that with my kids right now. They're ages 8, 6, and 4. And the amazing thing about reading this sort of classic literature with your kids is they really do understand it, and they really do form connections and relationships with these characters. And so that's kind of our mentality with Heroes of Liberty. We're not going to dumb it down. We're not going um, to make it into mush. We're going to make it into a real feast uh, that kids can enjoy, and parents too.
0: So I, I was, I, so there's a website I redid that will go nameless. And the guy is as far to the left as I am to the right, uh, as, as hardcore an atheist as I am someone who's religious. But I find some of what he writes about, particularly in technology, very interesting. And what I find notable is there's a book out and apparently it's been out for a while called um, George. And it's about a transgender girl whose name was George and becomes Melissa. And there's been this guerrilla effort over the last few years to uh, change the name of the story to Melissa instead of George because the author's story is now viewed as some sort of uh, anti-trans statement by by using the dead name. And we find this level of progressive activism in elementary school literature to the point now where, for example, my favorite book really is To Kill a Mockingbird. And the number of people who don't want that read in schools these days, when I read it as a kid… And I think even as a parent that you sometimes forget your kids, if they regularly read are able and capable of actually reading and comprehending uh, deeper, more meaningful books. Uh, and they yep. don't necessarily need an in your face agenda. They, they just need a good book. And there are so yep. few of them out there now.
2: Yeah, no, and that's absolutely the case. My homeschool curriculum that we follow and several of the other ones that are similar. The philosophy that we follow is called Charlotte Mason, and it's, it's a very literature-based curriculum. And the number one complaint that the, the curriculum developers get is all of these books are out of print. All of these books are written before 1950. And the reason is they're just not good anymore. It's kind, it's kind of like how you know the, the, the Dutch oven that my mother gave me when she got married is the best Dutch oven I own, even though it's now probably 40 years old. It's because they don't make things like they used to anymore, right. and one of those
0: things is books. You know, it, it's funny you should say that because I never tied books to that, but but you're right, and a lot of those things, it's not just it, it's not just some sort of nostalgia for it. They actually do make things in such a way now. A lot of it. Because of energy requirements, that a refrigerator from the 1950s could last longer than a refrigerator made in 2000, uh, and yeah, the, yeah. the depth and knowledge and, and richness in the books is the same. Because nowadays the authors are so scared to get canceled. Yeah, no, that
2: and then that absolutely has an effect on the quality of the literature. And I've heard from a lot of uh, a lot of book agents and a lot of aspiring authors that the sort of calls for submissions that they're that they're putting out as agents. like i want a world war ii story but with an lgbtq twist i want this but with a transgender twist for real for real this this is middle school uh historical fiction i want this but with an lgbtq twist and when you when you do that when you focus on such a narrow sort of agenda it detracts from the the message that you're trying to send and the story you're trying to tell And it's lesser for it. I mean, that's definitely the case that we're seeing in all of media. People are so scared of getting canceled. You think about like Seinfeld and Friends and all of these great shows, none of them would be created now.
0: (laughs) That's the truth. Yeah, Charlie, my producer, I've had this conversation about Seinfeld. My goodness, the the (laughs) level of offense these days. Now, okay, so the series of books is Heroes of Liberty. How did you get involved in the project?
2: So it was very random. It's sort of a small Jewish world. And there's some some Jewish folks getting it together and and doing it. And I was contacted and I I talk a lot about children's literature and about homeschooling. And and a mutual friend said, this is so up your alley, Bethany. And I was like, I'm not interested when I when I heard sort of they were doing biographies of conservative figures for kids. I thought, I don't I don't want to be involved in some like third rate propaganda crap, because that's, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of what's produced now in children's literature, period and they said just please take a look. Look at the illustrations, look at the stories, and I was totally sold. I was like, "I can I get these for free in order to have a conversation with you?" <laughs> and then I kind of got hooked into it.
0: Well, you know, I've seen the 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 text and the illustrations and I'm I'm actually kind of uh, surprised that anyone would publish books like these now for kids that actually you have to read them as opposed to just skimming them with pictures and I'm glad uh, yeah. th- that something like I this mean, is out there, and particularly about these people. Better. Yeah, I, I'm uh, the the, the illustrations, everything. I'm 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 really impressed with the effort, and I'm glad you reached out to me about this. And of course, I mean it's always good to talk to you as well. My wife yeah, uh, looks forward to y'all's Hanukkah card literally every year. She asks if we've gotten it.
2: <laughs> I love it. We're working on it. It's, good. It's, it's a labor of love.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, my best year husband. It is so good to talk to you, and thank you for me hanging too. out for a little
2: bit. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely, uh, Bethany Mandel, The series is Heroes of Liberty, uh, and so they're covering uh, Ronald Reagan, Amy Coney Barrett, Thomas Sowell, Rush Limbaugh, uh, so many more. It, it's it's going to be a great series of books uh, with with a level of depth there to them, you know. And so my son, we had to go to Barnes and Noble the other day, and this, this is where I saw all the books I was talking to Bethany about. Just just horrified by the um, the progressive advocacy in some of these books was just off the chains, the, the, the anti-racist baby. Oh my gosh. Um, it is crazy, but my son has a list of books he has to read. He's got to read a historic fiction, a realistic fiction, a, a history, a biography or memoir, a fantasy, a science fiction book. And he's got to read all of these by the end of the year. And he wanted Edgar Allan Poe for poetry. And he wanted a realistic fiction. And that was, um, we got to kill a mockingbird for him to read on that one. His science fiction is Fahrenheit 451. And what he's reading right now, he has to read a mystery. And the mystery that I got him is Murder on the Orient Express by Agatha Christie. Now, he's actually homesick. And I don't know whether he's eavesdropping on me or not. So I won't give it away. Uh, but watching my son try to string together who committed the murder on the train is I I'm I'm just I'm amazed I'm watching it and every time I come out of my studio at home and and see him he's like dad I think it was this person because of this and this and this and this and this and this, and this, and this and I just I don't want to say anything I don't want to spoil the book for him it's if you've never read murder on the Orient express I realize there have been a number of movies based on Murder on the Orient Express, but the book itself is priceless. One of the interesting aspects of it, though, that I had forgot because it's been years, I think I was his age when my mom got me to read it, is the the, the amount of French that's in the book. Now, I grew up and, and learned French when I was a kid, and I, I could navigate it. He is is having to have his mom or me interpret it for him, uh, some of the conversations uh, with Hercule Poirot, but it's just, it's, it's amazing to get him to read these books and not have a screen in front of him and how much in depth he can go with these books and the richness within these books that he can engage. And so many books for kids these days really are trash. Now I'm going to say something that offends some of you, given your background. And I don't mean to offend you and just let's take this as we can have this difference. I Love the Harry Potter series. I do. Now I realize I have friends of mine who are in the church with me, who think that it is is pagan witchcraft nonsense, and you're going to burn in hell for reading it or need to repent. I found the books a joy to read. Uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. I thought they were fantastic. Uh, the, the The last Harry Potter book is one of my favorite books. It really is. Uh, the The it is a very lengthy book and it is very rich, and I frankly was a bit heartbroken by the last two Harry Potter movies uh, because they did not do justice at all in any way, shape, or form uh, to either the, the scene at the end of the book or to any of the deep parts of the book. They just frankly did not do justice to J. Cal Rowling's writings. I found those books tremendous reads, and I, I hope that my kids will at some point sit down and read them. I read them as an adult, of course. I was married. Uh, and we were on our way to having kids when they came out. And I was behind. We went to Gulf Shores one year and I I bought all of them that were out. Uh, the last two had not yet come out. And I read them, uh, cover to cover all of them when I was at the beach. And I just, I, I I forget how much I love a book. Ever since I was, those of you who went to law school, you'll appreciate this. I don't read after going to law school. I was exhausted from reading books after law school. And I'll read articles and magazines, I read the news every day, I try to keep up on stuff, and I'm only just now getting back into sitting down with the pleasure of reading a book. And I have a hard time, a lot of people send me books, say, hey, can I get on your show? And a lot of, I just, they're not my thing. I like histories, I really like histories. There's some fiction that I like, and I've been reading a ton of theology lately uh, as I'm I'm getting my mind wrapped around going back to seminary to finish it off, which I haven't been to in the last couple of years and I've been reading and I just it, it's the world of books for kids has become utter trash. When you look at a book like Harry Potter and then you see the the woke progressive books that are coming out now, uh, we we are at a loss in this country for good books you got to go read the classics and the fact that kids back in the day read the classics is really something I'm, I'm just i'm fascinated by how kids in the 1950s 60s and 70s really read a depth of literature and nowadays their teachers make them read trash and part of that is the common core standard where you've got to read so many books to get so many ar points and kids read the cheap trash instead of reading the in-depth stuff because they can read more books and get more points and it's, it's awful. All right, get off my lawn. <laughs> uh, but uh, Bethany um, Mandel's book series is Heroes of Liberty, if y'all are interested in it for, for kids. Bethany Mandel. Uh, now, she's not all, you don't need to search the books uh, for her name. Uh, the series is called Heroes of Liberty. That's what you need to search for if you're at all interested. Right now, I hope you're interested in Patriot Mobile and doing business with a company that shares your values, because they are. Uh, they are a Christian conservative company. They share your values, and they put their money where their mouth is. They don't just talk a good game. They actually contribute to the conservative movement, their profits, the pro-life cause, the Second Amendment cause, veterans, and first responders. And with my name, you get free activation. And again, I I support businesses that I really feel strongly about. Patriot Mobile is one of them. And their website is patriotmobile.com. You can see their coverage maps. They use the same towers everyone else uses, so you don't have to worry about coverage. They got great coverage. You go to patriotmobile.com slash erics. Patriotmobile.com/eric E-R-I-C-K, and you get free activation with my name. If you want to call them, you don't want to do it over the over the internet. You can call, do call them on the phone. They have 100% U.S. based customer service. You call nine seven two Patriot. 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent it you. You'll get free activation. Save some money. They get great discounts. you have got a big family, need multiple lines. They can give you good discounts. Veterans and first responders, NRA members, they give you discounts. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here, and this hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. They are in Noonan, Georgia, but don't let that dissuade you. Anywhere in the nation, they can help you. First Liberty building alone. They make their own business lending decisions. So, where banks are saying no, First Liberty might just be able to get you to yes. Go to firstlibertyga.com, spend just a few minutes with them, see if they are a good fit for you and you for them. Firstlibertyga.com. I want to play this audio by Inez Cantor. I'm sure he and I would disagree politically on a ton of things, but this is a very brave man who was on CNN, of all places, with Christian Amanpour. Talking about China.
3: Two years ago, right, when all this, you know, Black Lives Matter happened, Nike was one of the first company out there was standing with Black Lives Matter. Nike, in America, Nike stands with Stop Asian Hate, Nike stands with LGBTQ community, Nike stands with Latino community. But when it comes to China, Nike remains silent because they, China is the big boss for Nike. and. I mean, obviously, they are not going to be able to answer because they know what they're doing wrong. They're the, one of the biggest, you know, hypocrite, uh, hypocrite company. But you're in not the accusing them. You're not accusing them in this case of of profiting from slave labor or using any products from there because they deny it. Well, uh, they it, it's it's, t- it's total lie the, everyone in the world knows that there are so many slave labor camps in over there in, you know, China and many other countries that they are, uh, you know, the Nikes profiting from. So that was one of the biggest reasons that I put on my shoes modern-day slavery and hypocrite uh, Nike, just because of they are profiting from slave uh, labor camps. and. You
0: know, so Christiane Amanpour, she tweeted out this interview. I, I, I saw she was doing this, and she says, uh, he asserts these claims against China. And he... Goes on to, he's an NBA player, for those of you not familiar with him, uh, to blast China for the slave camps, the concentration camps, the, the human rights abuses. And he's telling the truth. What is remarkable, what continues to be remarkable to me is that American Fortune 500 companies, particularly companies like Nike, Disney, and Apple, refuse to recognize the monster that China has become. And I do think within the next decade, I'm not going to be surprised if we find ourselves at war with China. And what I hear from more and more of our military elite in this country, I don't know that things are going to go as well for us as as we're being led to believe. Uh, Our bureaucracy is sclerotic. The thinking of the administration, particularly this administration, is bad, but it transcends a single administration. And I'm I'm concerned, I, I am truly concerned About where we're headed with China. And I'm really concerned about American Fortune 500 companies pouring so many resources into China. They are less and less American companies and more and more Chinese companies. I don't know if you've seen President Xi there. They've given him dictator powers for life. And he wants to throw the United States out of the Western Pacific. And we need to be prepared for that. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, Call them. First Liberty Building and Loan. Say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. FirstLibertyGA.com. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution if you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business. First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, We're big banks say no, it's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say, Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. firstlibertyga.com.